Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And uh, I am Niall McGowan. I would advise not getting killed by me. Uh, my sword traps the souls of its victims. <laughs> it just writes itself. It just writes itself. <laughs> Are you coming up with these all like on on the fly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good. <laughs> that was the one. I was like, what's the line that's in this scene? Yeah. It's like oh, that, that's the one that sticks out. It's really good. I do very much enjoy the uh, the the Batman posts. Um, are you the one that's writing them? Because they are sometimes very very worthy of some good puns and things. Oh, we mean like the like the outros like, or uh, the... I've seen some like Facebook posts of of like like big long like things of 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 funny worded. Oh yeah, I think that uh, like in the actual episodes we have outros mm-hmm. that I wrote those and then John writes the ones for the Facebook. Okay, group, so it, you guys are we're both me. we're both hard, hard we're both wordsmiths hard at work. It's very good. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous. Uh, I wish no. I could I could come off without sounding like a, a shell. Dumbo. A shill? You describe me as being shill? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody, I told somebody that I did a podcast when I was uh, working at the studio one time, and I, I feel like I said this already. She was like, oh, God, I couldn't listen to your voice for that long. <laughs> <laughs> like, she said it so fast. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, today... Uh, we're talking about minute number 50 of Suicide Squad, and uh, it's going to start with the introduction of one katana. And uh, the minute's going to end uh, with the introduction of katana. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This whole minute is about katana. And uh, let me first start off by saying I really love katana. I like Karen Fukuhara, who plays katana. I like katana in general Hmm. but she is not done any service in this film whatsoever um we we introduce katana in in a very beautiful shot um she comes in fortunate son should be playing yeah uh but uh but it's not what's what what pains me about her introduction um I, I believe she was supposed to have a bigger role in this film. That is a beautiful shot of her walking on those helicopters, man. Yeah, it's, it, it looks. Amazing. She looks cool, <laughs> but uh, there's there's so many. I don't even know where to start with the questions. Uh, do you want to start with you know maybe how she her look? Is she part of the team? Does she have a bomb in her neck? What's hmm. going on here? Just like, in the movie yeah. aspect? Yeah. Okay. And even like at the end, you have the fact that like Bruce Wayne is saying to Amanda Waller like, "Oh, I'm gonna." We, we can take care of it. Like him f- taking the idea of the Suicide Squad and then doing it with people who aren't homicidal maniacs. It's a Justice League kind of thing. I mean, what are they? Some kind of Justice League? But the thing is, like, it's almost as if they already thought of it. It's like, well, we had the Suicide Squad and then we had this kind of, you know, um, enhanced badass who was going to be there who's not a criminal and keeps reminding us throughout that she's not a criminal. So it's like, why didn't you just do this with a bunch of people who who weren't crazy. <laughs> like, well, cause you've got one, you have a Katana, mm-hmm. Rick flag and a bunch of really good soldiers. There you go. There's your, there's your suicide. Oh, squad. you're asking Amanda Waller. Why didn't she just go? Like you already have the one good person with Katana. Why not yeah, just fill yeah, the team but... with other good people? Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe she thought she couldn't a... control them and she can control criminals because it's like, gotcha. 
<laughs> and the thing is as well, like I guess you kind of got a bit of a vibe that like maybe Katana's a bit of a rogue as well because Rick Flag's like, oh, you're late. And she's like, oh, I was busy. And then it cuts to this. It looks as if she's in like a... In Japan or something. It looks like she's still in Japan and she has to get on a flight like yep. in and two she's, minutes. She's in two minutes is like a 14-hour flight. She's got to get there. How long does it take to get to Japan and she's by plane? showing up in the same the same jacket and cropped up and stuff is like, and mm-hmm. still wearing the mask. And it's like, so is this like a, a Japan town that's like... She's in Japan like five minutes away or something? What's going on? And Japan then somehow, town? oh yeah, it was bucketing rain. And like now it's the sun splitting the rocks. And it's like, it's, it, 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 until I looked at this minute, I didn't quite realize that this was supposed to be alluding to the fact that when she says, I was busy, it's her saying, this is what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I kind of had the idea that, oh, maybe it's like, this is just giving you a bit of her history or something. Mm-hmm. But the, like, no, the implication actually is like, this is what she was literally just yeah. doing. Like she has her own story about like the sword and all this thing hurt. Like Katana's subplot... I think it's a big subplot, but it's not. I I need to read this book and see if it's any different because Katana has what Amanda Waller needs, but they never bring it up and they don't talk about it. But in the trailers, it's showing... In the trailers, it's showing Katana's sword stealing a soul, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. a lot of people have have, uh, inferred that her sword is the weapon that needs to kill Enchantress mm-hmm. to take the soul out of June Moon, to exercise her in a very weird way. Yeah. Never yeah. happens. No. <laughs> Not once. Um, <laughs> and again, that would be... Yeah, that would be the... It almost sounds like the sole reason that Katana would be there. <laughs> because yes. there is no reason for her to be here in this movie. It's just like... And the thing is, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, she is terrific. She looks cool. And the thing is, even the backstory... As soon as I actually saw this minute in the cinema, and Rick Flagg casually shows out, like, oh, you know, her, her sword steals the souls of its victims. And I was like, that, it, just that is a movie. Like, a mm-hmm. Katana movie. Why isn't that a thing? <laughs> because clearly there is so much, there's so many questions I have yeah. about her. Now that you've just casually thrown out this sword thing. Because I just knew Katana from, like, the Beware the Batman cartoon, where she was, mm-hmm. like, Batman's mm-hmm. bodyguard. And I don't recall that having or having a sword that did that. So I was just like, wait a minute. Like, what? why was this not a major thing already? <laughs> like, why is this minor character with this clearly fascinating backstory got, like, been relegated to this minor, minor part? Yeah. And it's, yeah, complete complete waste of a character, unfortunately. She just, yeah, she deserves more, and she has a lot of potential. She's, like, on her own journey. Yeah. Like, when she's introduced... By the way, when you started playing this minute for us to watch before recording it, it just it jumped back. It's like, I was busy, and then all of a sudden, you're in Japantown. Tokyo and, Town. Yeah, and I was just like, wait, what happened? I, tried, I told you to go like, back. Like, we're on the wrong minute, I was like, right? wait, hang on, go back. You missed something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a minute is missing, or, yeah. like, it, it, like, it seems like it's out of place, but, mm-hmm. yeah, there, you know, there's... This character, you know, if she exists in this DC cinematic universe, I could see her with Batman. I could see her with the Birds of Prey. It's yeah. like there's so much potential with this character, and you've casted her, and you've you've designed her, and she looks great, and she has a story, and it's like there it is. Use it. Like she's she's available. Um, 
but no. and even the this uh this flashback seems like it's directed by someone else mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it like it looks like it's from something else, like a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Zack Snyder directed this part yeah. too, because it, it just looks really good, and it and it has like this this side plot and everything, and it it just seems like so full of potential. Seems awesome! I want to watch that movie. I want to watch more of her. Put her yeah. in Birds of Prey, please. Just mm. put her in there. Yeah. I think it's like, even like a good bit later on, because you guys like this. It's like this minute. She has a, uh, a bit later on where she's like, she's talking to the sword, and then I think I'm not too sure if it was in the the extended edition or the normal edition, but there is a bit where Harley tries to analyze her, and mm-hmm. kind of starts going into like why you're wearing this mask is because you're afraid and all this kind of business, and she's kind of doing it very vindictively, and then Katana kind of stops, and just takes off her mask, and I think she says something like I'm not hiding from anybody, and I remember that being like that's a cool scene, and then even yeah. Harley mm-hmm. kind of goes like. Yeah, good, good for you. Like, really, oh, you, you, I didn't get you. You know, you're stronger than that. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything about it is like this is such a good character. This is a good plot line. They even Harley and her have a good rapport. Why is she just relegated to nothing? It's yeah. it's actually very, very frustrating. I I think she had a bigger part, but they trimmed her down. I keep calling her the Boba Fett of this film because she's just there to be a badass mm-hmm. in the shadows, and it's like. Oh yeah, I forgot you're here, but I I guess you're cool. Like and okay, you're there. Mm. But uh yeah, it, that that scene that you're talking about when we get to talk about, it, it is uh it's not in the theatrical cut. That's a deleted that's an extended uh that scene is actually purely deleted. Um it's not even an extended part of a scene. It's just like they added it in the ultimate edition and they're like, "Oh yeah, there's this really cool part where Harley Quinn diagnoses everyone because that's what she does." Um and it's I don't know. It's it's so Katana. This it's so unfortunate what she was dwindled down to in this film, um, and she. I don't think she has a bomb in her neck. Mm-mm. So going through this film, I'm going to be kind of trying to look for is she afraid of anyone really because she doesn't have a bomb in her neck. She wouldn't oblige to that. Mm. So it's like, what what are your strings in this? Is she just like Rick Flag's partner? I mean, it's like bodyguard. What but leverage like, does Amanda Waller have on Katana? Maybe she, just hide, maybe she told her, hey, I can find, I, I'll point you in the direction of the people that killed your husband, maybe. Do this job for me. I did a favor for you. You do this job for me, and then I'll come back. Amanda Waller killed her dad, and she has no idea about it. Oh, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but she keeps Or saying, maybe had her dad killed. It's a dangling hu- of Husband, a- not her dad, her husband. Oh, yeah, whatever. It's uh, dangling of a carrot. Yeah, it could be, but maybe she doesn't need to put a bomb in her chest because Katana is not a threat to Amanda. No, that doesn't make sense because if Katana's killing all these people, it's not like Amanda's going to be like, yeah, I'll tell you who killed your husband. Surprise it to me. Mm. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, We're just like, it's just like, you have this gaping gap now of just like, yeah. there's a reason this character's here somewhere. Like, I know that like, uh, I know um, Karen uh, Fukuhara, she must have known in her head, like, I know why I'm here. But they yeah. just don't even try to tell you in, in the mm-hmm. movie why she would be fussed about, unless it's just like I'm just a soldier of fortune, and I like doing yeah. this or something. Like she should have. I think every scene with Amanda Waller should have always had Katana with her. Mm. She should have always been like the guard sitting with her. Uh, but apparently, Rick Flag is her guard sitting with her. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm shaking my head here. <laughs> the thing yeah. Katana Rick Flag always, he already has a reason to go into this thing. So you could yeah. have just been like, yeah, take that 
status away from him, give it to her, mm-hmm. and he's already got it. Like, well, my girlfriend's enchantress, so I need. We to don't need the, the girlfriend thing. Yeah, we don't need just, the boyfriend thing. Things we, just fall apart once you start to try to piece yeah. together this. We movie couldn't have way. we couldn't have person of color female superhero because we needed American military white guy mm-hmm. as the hero. <laughs> but um. There's one thing I also noticed as well. I was like, because I was like, oh, I wonder what she's done since. And I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised to find out, like uh, Karen Fukuhara. Like, I've actually been listening to her all week because she's the voice of Glimmer in the new version of She-Ra on Netflix. I was like, oh, I didn't oh, know yeah. that. I've been watching that freaking nonstop. <laughs> and no idea. I was like, oh, there she is. She's right there. Uh, which is also kind of weirdly appropriate, seeing as She-Ra is a you know superhero based entirely around a sword as well. The whole deal, mm-hmm. like, yep, she gets her powers from her sword. I was like, oh, that's a nice little little tie in there. Um, Great casting. So I, maybe I, that yeah. maybe the casting pool for female characters that get powers from swords is just pretty slim. Karen Fukuhara, <laughs> top line. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. Uh, the, the no, uh, Kill Bill would be up there. Beatrix Kiddo, Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the only thing I have about her, and this actually didn't strike me as much with uh, Katana, uh, and I know you guys have mentioned this before but it's is one of the things that always really bugs me is that i think at the time she made this she was 24 and so it's like oh yeah so she already married had a husband and now she's on this quest for revenge like 24 seems a bit young for that but i could buy it and then it's just the fact that like harley quinn's supposed to be like 28 here or something mm-hmm. and i was like no way not a friggin' chance because i know i have a friend who is a doctor and like she was she was intelligent enough that she was actually offered a position in Oxford, which she turned it down because they wouldn't let you walk in the grass. That was her. She's a very hippy dippy kind of woman, <laughs> and she turned it down because of that. Um, and so, but I've seen her become a doctor, and she busts her ass day and night. It was intensely difficult. So, an incredibly intelligent woman, like you know, top tier in that regard. She is like thirty two now. She's still not done really fully qualifying as a doctor. <laughs> like I don't think anybody could be a practicing physician, then become a psychiatrist. And then go into this whole downfall with the Joker, and then get meet Batman, and get arrested, and then go and be in prison for what four years, or whatever it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and then be friggin' uh, the Harley Quinn you see here at 28. It's just no. It was way, way too distracting for me when I watched yeah. it. And even worse than that is June Moon, because when I see Cara Delevingne, I'm like, oh, she's like 15 years old, isn't she? And she's like, no, this is Dr. June Always. Moon. This is like yeah. renowned archaeologist. And it's like she looks like yeah. maybe an archaeology student. Uh, you know, freaking most. If you told me she was there, as like, oh, her high school took her out to an archaeological dig, and she just wandered off. I'd believe that as well, <laughs> like, because she just yeah. looks yeah. way, way too young for this. These parts. So it is a thing of like, they got Jay Hernandez, a guy who's forty odd. Fair enough. And then for all the mm-hmm. the female parts, they seem to have gone. No, you have to get them very, very young for some reason. Whereas like, you can cast a woman in her mid thirties as June Moon. What's the problem there? But I think. Uh... As the time as we're recording this now, uh, soon week our week four will come out, uh, where we have to talk about the enchantress origin, and so you will hear us talk about how she she's she is doing the journey as like her own thing, and it's like I was thinking like she's not doing this for school, she's not like (laughs) backpacking through South America for you know for for knowledge or I don't know it was. It was one of those things where it's like, are you an intern? Are you a student? <laughs> like, 
But apparently she is like established yeah. doctor, archaeological Indiana Jones, Cara Delevingne. Uh, so some people, uh, though, just look that like it's actually happened recently with that movie uh, Wildfire that's come out with like Jake Gyllenhaal and stuff, and Paul Dano directed it. But in that, it's a recurring problem. Like they've got Carrie Mulligan in it, and she's like a, a young mother, but she's like her, her kid's a teenager. And if you told me now that Carrie Mulligan was 19 years old, I'd be like, yep. Because she just looks way, way too young. But that's just the way she looks. So even when back mm-hmm. she was back in Drive, she had a baby. I was like, she didn't look old enough to have that baby. And now you see her in like footage of Wildfire. <laughs> or, or Wildlife, or what? I'm not too sure. Yeah, I think it's Wildlife. Uh, it's her talking to her teenage son. And I was like, is this her brother or something? <laughs> why, why is she talking to this <laughs> the kid? The math starts. Like, the formulas in your head start going. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. But the, the, the weird thing is, though, Carrie Mulligan's 33. She's older than me. So it's like, oh no, she could have had this kid. It just looks as if she's about 18 years old. So it doesn't, in your head, it's just like, no, it's not computing at all. And yet the thing I was wild miscasting with, with Cara Delevingne, because, although the fact is she's not actually terrible at the part, it's just that she just doesn't look old enough to, to be the character. Although I have to ask like, uh, one mm-hmm. thing, because you, you will be the guys to know. Is it her doing the Enchantress voice later in the movie? Because that was the one thing I was really impressed by. Because you hear her as Cara Delevingne. She doesn't sound like that. And that was... The, I, oh, I, when she's like talking in tongues? Tongues. Are you allowed to say that today's day and age? Can you say talking in tongues? Or is that extremely... Are you talking about the, the ancient language she's speaking? Yeah. Or are you talking about the end where she's like, I will give you what you want. Yeah, the, the, the Ghostbusters like, you know, thing. Thought, oh, you cannot it is a Ghostbusters the, thing. The her, when she's just yeah. in the Entrantress garb. That struck me at the time. It's like, oh, they must have got in like a voiceover artist to do this. They, they must, had to. Have. They must have got in Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, but the, did you read that news? No, what happened? Oh, you tell me about it. And you can't just leave oh, me hanging the, out there. The original Mary Poppins. Uh, what is her name? Well, Julie uh, Andrews. <laughs> Julie Andrews. She's uh, voicing. She voices the giant kaiju in Aquaman, but she's not in the Mary Poppins Returns sequel that comes out the same weekend. Oh man. Oh. I mean, she must, so they must have offered her a part in Mary Poppins, though. She must have turned she, it down. She did. Now I just feel like I'm an, uh, a talking article now. But yeah. she declined to be in know. it because she didn't want to overshadow the actress Emily Blunt, who is playing Mary Poppins in yeah. the sequel. Mm. But instead, she is voicing the giant sea monster in Aquaman. <laughs> it's got a voice? Yeah. It's. <laughs> and it comes out the same weekend. It is, okay. So imagine though the same time that guy Mel Gibson's telling himself about. That's why I wasn't in Fury Road. I would have overshined uh, like Tom Hardy and it's like Tom Hardy. nah Mel. <laughs> it's just because nobody wanted you there. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it is uh, it's it's interesting with the what they do with the the characters and, and their ages and, and stuff. Like I don't that. know. I assume that they did another voiceover. For Enchantress, I, I, I googled it though, and they keep just saying like I was literally googling like voice of Enchantress, and it just keeps coming with Cara Delevingne. It's like, so that, that that's yeah, her. That's they, pretty they, impressive. Like that's actually like, oh, she can do, she can do this weird new voice and stuff. I didn't, maybe, I'm, yeah. Like I just like I've only ever seen her in a snippet of Paper Towns, and I stopped watching it because it just mm-hmm. was not my kind of movie at all. So and then you're watching Valerian now, right, Mark? You're I'm like, watching you're Valerian watching, like, now. Parts. <laughs> oh yeah, I told myself I would talk about that movie. Uh, now that I've seen it, Valerian. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, 
is is it supposed to prove that she can't act or something? I feel like I remember something. Is Valerian supposed to prove that she can't act? Yeah, I, I remember something. That sounds like a headline thing. I feel like people kept saying that Cara Delevingne isn't anything great. Well, no, but, she doesn't have that big of a role in the movie. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Which is weird because in the comic book, it's all like it is Valerian and Loreline. Like that. I is, feel like she's. Together, I feel like couple. she. I feel like Cara Delevingne is a is a fine actress, but I just feel like people criticize her role in the film based off of a movie that didn't really have a compelling script to begin with. I think with. they criticized the film as a whole just because they were like, oh, Luke Besson's better be the next biggest... Avatar. Yeah, better be the James next biggest Cameron. thing. And someone was like, hey, no, this is Valerian. Uh, it's a silly comic 70s love French love story, like, yeah. which is pretty colors. Just go along it's for the ride. It's super pretty. Yeah. And it's like, you're not supposed to... Criti- like, Or you're not supposed to, like... Uh, I don't know. It's like, she's fine. Cara Delevingne... She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She's I fine. think she's a babe in that movie. Um, I think both of them. Whatever his name was, the actor that plays Valerian. Um, you like that kid? Green Goblin? Yeah, I think he's very, uh, <laughs> very handsome in his own way, especially in Valerian when he was in that like uh, vacation outfit mm-hmm. in the beginning where he was in the, the open button-down shirt, the cutoffs. Like, he just looked, I don't know, he just looked good. <laughs> Going back to Katana in this, in this minute... Um, and I, I recognize this gangster, uh, this Yaku- yakuza type fellow. This yeah. guy, he's in uh, he's in some Godzilla films. Yeah, yeah, he plays a like a zillion as a younger gentleman. He's in no, well, he always looks like that. I mean, was he like watch Godzilla films like, like Godzilla 80s? Final Wars? He was what in the two thousand four one. Oh, okay, two thousand so, Godzilla. Two thousand four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was uh, he was the prime minister, but it turns out he was actually an alien in disguise. What? So you actually see his head split open. Uh, what? And there's an alien inside of him. That's crazy. I remember that because I, I always remember that guy's face, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, you're the dude. <laughs> you're, you were an alien in that movie." Um, so yeah, I, I, re- I remember that guy. But here's here's something that um, a lot of people dig this dig in a bad way, like they critique this part of this oh, minute. Okay, and it's because. Rick Flagg's entire moment here in the minute is a, a plot dump. It's mm-hmm. like an expo- exposition dump of this character where he's like, this is Katana. She's, he's not saying this for the squad. He's Mm-mm. saying he's this for the audience. For the audience. Yeah. This is Katana. She has a sword that traps souls. She can cut you all down with one stroke. It's like it is a paragraph that, Rick, that Joel Kinnaman has to say for the sake of the audience to be like, Okay, it's a samurai yeah. chick. It's a ninja. <laughs> the thing is, though, like the, the samurai cop uh, fan in me just wants him to be like, her name's Katana. It means Japanese sword. And so that's one of like, the most infamous lines from that movie. I'm like, no, it is a Japanese sword. It doesn't mean Japanese sword. But like, yeah, Rick Flagg, his whole, his whole intro to Katana was, her name's Katana. It means Japanese sword. I would have been like, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's just roll it. <laughs> I, that would have been so good. I would have loved that. The thing is, though, like I actually oh, I really love though the the response to this though of Hardy's just like shooting out the hand to sh- you know to shake it, and then just like oh I love your perfume. What is that? The stench of death. And just you know, can you tell she's just having fun and joking around and stuff with herself? And it's like yeah, yeah that's just, again now knowing that John really hates Harley Quinn in this movie and watching this, I'm like, what's the hate? Like this is the character. This is what Harley would do, and this is played very very well i don't understand how you could have a beef with it but <laughs> get get john's uh snap take of katana as well i want to hear <laughs> i want to hear that one <laughs> uh it's it's 
they're they're fine characters, you know, as we said many times before, like each character is is great at face value. Um, it's just when they do when they play them off like this, where they say, All right, here's a paragraph of exposition, here's uh we're gonna dwindle this part down. It's like they all play their characters really well. It's like I like Harley Quinn, I like Katana, I like Cara Delevingne's Enchantress, I like Amanda Waller. And maybe minute by minute we might enjoy them in those chunks Mm -hmm. but when you string it out as like this hour and 43 minute film it's just not worth the time in my opinion it's just not worth the time it's not worth the time that you put like these these characters that are like heavy hitting and you put them into this hour and a half movie um where they could have been Mm -hmm. bigger and i think i'm just now seeing that with katana it's like you it's it's wasted it's just a waste Um, my my big thing when suicide squad came out because I, I remember there was such a huge critical backlash. Of course, the movie made all the money in the world. But the thing is, because I didn't mind it that much. Like, it was a lot of stuff like, yeah, there's a lot of lazy stuff in there. And it's way too overstuffed and all this kind of business. But the thing is, like, I would have done was, like, this is what, you know, a Netflix series should have been. There should have been, a, like, an eight-part series where you have an episodes explaining all the characters. And then maybe the final three or so. Are them, or maybe that's just the last two. Is just them on the mission, but because the, the, then you could have a whole episode explaining Katana and making you care about mm-hmm. the fact she lost her husband, and you could have an episode of Rick Flag and June Moon meeting and their whole romance. So you're invested in it. So then when she becomes enchantress, mm-hmm. it's a big deal, and you could have a whole thing of Deadshot, and you get exactly into everything about him. And then of course you, the one everyone would rush to see would be oh the origin of Harley Quinn and stuff, and. The fact that they just went like, nah, we're going to cram it all in to this two-hour movie and then just deal with it. It's just like, that's, you know, you could have you made something great, but you just chose the, the quick and easy path of just like, just fire it out. Just get it out there. It's a, it's a little odd when it comes to a visual medium like movies when we see team-up groups um, and like we are already familiar with the characters. Mm-hmm. And then a movie we just kind of, and I don't know, it might be just because superhero movies are starting to taint our view of them. We're expecting to see particular origins for them. Versus when you go into a comic book store and if you have just read your Justice Leagues and your handful of characters that you know and gotten to know their villains and stuff, and then you realize, oh, well, they have their own book called Suicide Squad. You know Harley Quinn. You know King Shark. You know Deadshot. You know Black Manta. You just, we're just already in acceptance of, okay, got it. There may be one or two pages of like what they were doing while they were getting caught, why they are on this team now, what Amanda Waller's involvement was with them himself, but it's over quickly, and we are okay with it being in a comic book. Now, is that because we're just already in our minds like comic books are going to have more, there's going to be a continuation, versus when it comes to a movie, we're kind of sucked into just, all right, you have two hours to fit all yeah. of this in without continuation it has to be self-contained is that where we're so uh harsh on on things like this where we're describing like you could have had more episodics you could have had more parts to make origins and make us care about the Mm. characters um wonder wonder woman does the opposite where they they make you want to know her origin yeah they go yo wonder woman's in this film and the entire time she's like i'm I'm here in this film, but I'm not going to explain who I am or Mm -hmm. what I do 
I'm just going to show up in the third act and be like, now I'm Wonder Woman. I'm going to kick this thing's ass. And we're all like, hell yeah, Wonder Woman's in this film. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, there's a Wonder Woman film coming out. And we're like, oh, I want to go see that because mm-hmm. she was a badass in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then we care about the origin. Mm-hmm. So we don't get the other way around. We didn't get this, Wonder could, Woman. This have worked better than had they not tried to shove in all these little like, oh, by the way, this is who this is. They just threw you in as like, there's Killer Croc and there's Harley Quinn. And then it's just like, you don't really, you just kind of infer some of their background. And then. Yeah, but I think the inference is maybe the bigger backlash. Because I think if, if you were to do that, and that's what I'm saying, like that's the difference between comic books and movies. If you were to just throw in the characters and just not give you that much of a backstory, I'm pretty sure the majority of the audience is going to be like, well, I need to know yeah, about yeah. that. What's his origin? But I don't know. In my opinion, that opens it up for, oh, the crowd was really revered on mm. Killer Croc. Okay, green light for a yeah, Killer Croc yeah. movie. We don't need it for everyone. We can right. do, we can do Deadshot because he's the main one. Mm-hmm. You could do Harley Quinn, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else get the Slipknot treatment. <laughs> get the Slipknot treatment. Even Katana, <laughs> jump up on that helicopter. She should have always just been in the shadows. No explanation. Mm-hmm. Just. It means Japanese sword. <laughs> All right, cool. Like literally, just sit there and and do your thing, or or like if you're gonna expand her, then commit to it. But don't give me a paragraph and a flashback that doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like no one no one else needs it except Deadshot and yeah. Harley Quinn. Those are that's it. Not even Rick Flag really needs it. Um, it's and just do that and just. Don't try to balance everyone. Yeah. We don't need a five-minute thing on Killer Croc and why he is the way he is. We don't care. We get it. Um, uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage uh, handle it very well where they don't go through origins um, chronologically. You know, they in the show, they meet and they go, an accident? And they go, experiment. Yeah. And they go, that's yeah. it. That, that was their... They kind of kind of shook hands by saying... Oh, you're a freak too? Yeah, I'm a freak too. Got experimented on. All right, cool. And they moved on. And it's like, all right, cool. Let's let's just yeah, do that. Yeah. So, but uh, I want to see more of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they've opened the door completely for the character. Mm-hmm. So we walk, will walk yeah. through it. We're going to talk more about her when she shows up. I think during Katana's scenes, we're going to talk a lot about her. <laughs> Although I do have yeah. to ask though, She's been informed, like, okay, so you're getting on this squad. Um, oh, like, oh, they could have, they should have had a scene with Rick Flag describing to Katana what that is, and then her saying something in Japanese, and then popping up in the subs. I was like, what are we, some kind of suicide squad? By the way, Rick Flag speaking fluent Japanese or understanding fluent <laughs> Japanese. Are we just? It's like, okay, yeah, he's special forces. Mm. He knows languages. She was the one who came up with the kamikaze group. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the thing is, she's, she's been told, like, okay, so you're going to go, we have to work with these people. But then she hops on, and then Harley does this little introduction, and then she immediately, she reaches for the sword, and goes, like, should I kill them? I was like, haven't you, hasn't it been explained to you what you're there for? <laughs> like, no, you're not supposed to kill them. You weren't, you weren't. Or brief. she literally just, Rick Black was like, just get on the helicopter. And she shows up, and she's like, who are these people? Yeah. Oh, you want me to kill them? And I was like, no, no, we need to work with them. Is that what maybe is that what the what the idea is supposed to be? Like she hasn't even been told what the mission is. She's just there. Is like okay, you need it's me. Weird. I guess. Yeah, 
I think so. But then again, it, it goes to ask, like, who is involved with Katana? Is she Amanda Waller's tool? Or is Rick Flagg used her in the past? And it's like, hey, she's just, that's why she's got my back. It, it kind of implies that Rick and her know each other. Their platonic they've, relationship. They've done something cool. I would love to have a platonic relationship with Katana. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> but he's just like understanding, okay, she's got my back. So we're to assume that she has worked with Rick before and she's just a friend of the mm. U.S. military. Yeah, because again, she doesn't show up in the like, more I think it, armor or like fatigues or anything. She's just there in her gear, so it is almost like she's like a, free, a freelance love, agent. So like, yeah, I guess yeah, but, but yeah. Rick's doing a thing. Yeah, so she, I mean, she is the Boba Fett type thing. Um, which, by the way, I think it's really cool the mental image of her walking through that entire airbase in full garb and like normal people just like kind of like side eye and be like, what? Oh, you got another costume person walking up here. Like she's beelining it to the plane. Mm. She knows where to go. I think it's just really cool. Anyway. Um, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, why didn't Batman recruit this person into yeah. the Justice League? <laughs> That's actually, yeah, a... I bet you... See, no, I don't want to say I bet you she'll show up in a Batman movie because that well, is a stretch. that's the thing, though. In, um, since the aftermath of Suicide Squad, all the good... All, all the positives that came out of it were, like, people loved Harley Quinn. They loved Deadshot. And, uh, you know, they somewhat tolerated the rest of it, I guess. So the critics really, really hated it. But the thing is, though, because you do have something good like Katana, but then if they come out now and pitch like, "Oh, we're doing a, you know, Katana's going to be in this," would people just be like, "Oh, who cares?" Like, what? Like that? She wasn't one of the breakout stars of it, whereas you know she probably should have been actually because you know she's great. She yeah. should have. So would that yeah. mean like they might just be like, "Yeah, to me, if, if mean, you get yeah. to see her again, it might be in just another role like this. Like she's not going to get." You know, they might approach her for Birds of Prey or Gotham City Sirens or anything like that. They might just leave her by the wayside because she didn't do Harley Quinn business when the movie came out. Yeah, and I brought this up um, a while ago about uh, the the Chinese market. You know, like now things mm-hmm. are being catered to um, overseas. They're trying to get the international money when yeah. they make films. Why aren't we pushing Katana? Why aren't we saying, here is a very strong female Asian descent woman. You know, she's a badass ninja. Like, why aren't we pushing that? Like, you know, that people would go to see her if we, Mm. you know, we did that. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Seems like easy money, but... uh, Easy money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so unfortunate. I, I think... The day they announce that she returns as Katana will be a very happy day for me because I want to see this character. I want to see more of this character. This, this was probably, I remember leaving the theater going, man, I wish we saw more of her because they barely did anything with her. Um, and it's going to be kind of sad going through this film again and just being like, oh, yeah, totally forgot she was here. That's all I have. little positive things that were just completely outshined like katana and i actually would say uh, the, um you're saying like there's appreciation for diablo earlier i really like diablo i actually thought like he does a great job in this movie <laughs> it's like yeah but he's gone now that that was it that's all you got of him <laughs> like yeah oh, oh well that's a shame because he was he, he, you know that was a jay hernandez was really putting his all into that performance too like you yeah, yeah he did yeah. have a complete arc so good character anyway Diablo, he's gone. I don't know what they're going to do with Enchantress, but it's like you killed off the two magic mm-hmm. components of the world, and then 
you didn't do anything with katana and so it's like all the all the actual magic in this movie is like gone with the exception of katana her sword's magic the sword is still there i guess but then it's like the sequel it's like how are we gonna get that back like how are we gonna do that like all you guys are just carrying boomerangs and you're just street people this guy's got a skin condition um this guy never misses and it's like okay now what Mm -hmm. now what do we do um so i don't know it's it it's all up in the air but i'm hoping for the best i i I still think katana has a lot of potential i want to see more of her but uh niall Thank you so much for joining us on this epic adventure as we try to cover Suicide Squad uh, by each individual minute. Before we go, uh, just one more time, let us know where people can find you and oh, well, uh, what you're you up to. enjoyed listening to me, or even if you didn't, and you just want to hear loads about uh, the Tim Burton Batman movies, uh, at the minute we're middle of uh, Batman Returns over on Bat Minutes. Um, we've already finished the 89 movie, so that whole thing's right there if you've not heard it. Uh, we're very proud of that season, and yeah, we've got the um, we're just deeply entrenched in Batman Returns now. That's just my life. It's just like <laughs> literally in going into Christmas. <laughs> it's been like I've been looking at Christmas stuff for months now already because I've been watching this movie a minute at a time over and over and over again. But uh, yeah, we're having a lot of uh, funs over there. Some some great guests and uh, some hopefully some decent insight. I, I hope, <laughs> but uh, I know you two guys are coming on. You've been you were both on the first season and uh, obviously you know getting you in for the second yeah. one as well and uh, yeah just uh, people want to pop on over just google bat minute and we'll pop up on you know your podcast feeds and your itunes and your facebooks and your twitters just under that so yeah yeah absolutely yeah nate and i we were on uh for batman 89 we got to talk about uh, we had to re uh, analyze the death of the I am a, a, a cruel um, mistress <laughs> where I was like you guys already had to look at this scene one minute at a time what about another version of that scene and it's even longer this time it's awesome I, I thought it was the perfect minutes to talk about for us because um, we have done uh, Dawn of Justice by each individual minute so if you're listening to us somehow for the first time maybe you are crossing over from Bat Minute we have covered Man of Steel by each individual minute and Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. Well over 300 episodes of content. Uh, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Um, we also have merch. We sell merch at tpublic.com uh, slash user slash media. You have plenty of stickers, uh, coffee mugs, shirts. They all help support us and help support the show so we can give you guys bigger and better content uh we also have a patreon where you could support us and uh just simple donate at paypal dot me slash two old media and help support us and we'll catch you guys next week for minute number 51 of suicide squad